It is Saturday the 22nd of January 2022 and this is episode 407 of Digital Outbox. Yes, it's 2022 and we are back for the first podcast of the year. I am Chris. Uh, welcome. And Ian is here as ever. Hello, Ian. Good afternoon, Chris. I, I, I banned saying Happy New Year from the 6th of January. So um, I didn't need... say Happy New Year. Nope. You just need to make do with that. Hi, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so as ever, we are back because CES has come and gone. And therefore, that is normally our signal to get stuff going again. Um, so here we are, and CES has come and gone, and we saw, it was obviously a, a, a kind of slightly muted CES because of the COVID and the, America was suffering a big wave of, well, there were big waves of COVID going around everywhere, but um, nevertheless, we had lots of announcements and, and new tech, and um, we'll come and we just sort of go around the highlights, I guess, um, so summarising, and let's start with uh, Samsung, and they've got some uh, new... T- well, their 2022 range of TVs and kind of big news in that they're going to include off well uh, online gaming uh, as part of the, their offering. Um, so you can play uh, cloud gaming on those those TVs uh, by connecting up your console controller, uh, and off you go. Yeah, and and I guess this is it. Feels like this is if I mean other manufacturers have done things around cloud gaming, you know, the TV manufacturers. I mean, but this feels like. They've, they've, they've almost put front and centre as here's something new this year. You know, they've, they've all got, I think every manufacturer had new panels and here's how this is the best OLED or the best technology or the best thing from LG or the best thing from Sony and all that good stuff. Samsung focused on, um, they've got a gaming tab that you can, you can and, and when, I, when I first read it, I was like, fine, it's kind of obvious you're taking a little USB stick and it's all built in and you'll have the smarts to do that anyway. Um, and you can um, you can use Nvidia's GeForce Now. You can use use Google Stadia because it's still around. Um, but, but Stadia in this context makes a lot more sense, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Rather yeah. than people sat on their PCs upstairs, this is a way of having those big console, you know, known games in your lounge without any hardware. So it's almost like a win-win because you you don't have to buy a box uh, and you can play those those games like with the stuff you've still got from your old console. And, and and as you've touched on, smartly saying, yep, if you've got a PlayStation or Xbox controller, or just go and buy one, and that's your controller. Um, the big surprise, probably no um, whatever Xbox cloud gaming name is now, but the Microsoft gaming service isn't there. And I don't know if that's a licensing issue. I don't know if that's something... Cause it, it feels, well, they've tucked well, that behind getting a, a Game Pass subscription, so I wonder whether there's some something around that, that that's... that's Because, well, I guess Stadia's all hit behind a major subscription exactly, as well. Exactly, right? and I think GeForce is as well. I think GeForce okay. Now is all subscription. So I think all of these are are subscription services. Well, now Microsoft has herded up uh, all of the games companies that uh, exist <laughs> in the world. I imagine they're being a bit protectionist, but let's wait and see. Because uh, they have been traditionally, re- well, not traditionally, recently, they I say recently in the kind of last three, four years, they have been open to putting everything everywhere. So, um, so we'll see whether that... Uh, develops um but also they did announce nfts were coming to their tv panels so um this was a way and they're they're offering the ability for people to show 
NFT products, so things you can buy and own uniquely, um, and also explore and display your NFTs once bought. Um, I guess we once called them screensavers um, and JPEGs, but now we call them NFTs and people buy them. Um, so that seems to be it. And and yeah, wh- where does that go? Do we is NFT starting to become mainstream? I, I, I'm not sure. I really am unconvinced. I, I noticed Twitter yesterday, the day before, um, you can connect up your NFTs if you're a, the owner and it changes your um, the little display to a hexagon. And I'm like, what? what is this? It's almost like bragging for the rich. You know, well, that, but there is a bit of that, you know. It's but but you know what I mean? Tick. It's like, yeah. it's just like, whoa, where, where's this going? And, and there are some, I mean, you can pick up NF, NFTs for very little cash. You know, I'm not saying it's just the rich that are doing this, but I think the the, the all the chat last year was the ones that were going for you know 100 grand, you know 200 grand, and you know you know I don't know X million, and then you look at it and it's just a bit of digital art. The people who make money out of the gold rushes are the people who sell the gold mining pans and the buckets and the spades and pickaxes, and this is Samsung making buckets and pickaxes available and trying to turn themselves into the kind of default marketplace and that's where they'll make the money the same as the people who really make money out of uh, digital money at the moment are the brokers and the transaction fees that that go along with that they're the ones that really rake it in because they get real money out of you um, playing with your virtual money um, uh, I, I think that's that's exactly what's going on here yeah i, I agreed and it was i felt i felt like because i think they were only one i don't i don't think anybody else you know the sony's lgs etc did anything around that i think the thing samsung announced for me that was very ces because ces is always like here's some new tech but also here's some wild and wacky like where does that come from and it was that your um radio waves from your router will now charge a samsung remote and it was like huh yeah that, that was it but it makes sense because it's just the remotes don't use a you know a lot of battery, and um, you know instead of your couple of little triple A's or double A's, they believe they can use um, use RF harvesting technology. I look forward to the back to back comparison between having you know RF waves predominant in your room and not, and seeing whether it really does make any difference or whether it is really a uh, you know a, a, a gimmick. Um, it's a bit like having a solar panel. It could say it's charging, but if it's always indoors, it's not going to, is it? But they have got solar-powered handsets, and they say that works as well. So, yeah, and, and like you say, with with low-powered gimmicks, they reckon uh, low-powered sorry <laughs> gimmicks has crept out, didn't it? With low-powered <laughs> devices, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, they can make a difference. And and what they're arguing is that hey, we're getting rid of rechargeable AAA batteries being discarded, or whatever, and and they reckon ninety-nine million of those can be you know, overridden by the fact that you can do it via solar and uh, RF waves. So that's uh, certainly nothing to be sniffed at, if that is true. Uh, Sony has been the first to announce its Quantum Dot OLED 4K TV. So this is the combination of various different technologies, which we've seen separately. So we've we've had Quantum Dot LED technology. So that's trying to take the benefits of LED, but, but sort of uh, really shrink down the kind of lighting areas and zones on your TV so that um, you can really protect blacks on the bits that, uh, you know, where, where there's high contrast, you can really refine that down. Uh, OLED has that nailed, but can suffer from uh, vibrancy and uh, brightness issues. Uh, and the quantum dot and OLED combined uh, could well be a solution. There's been other sort of text that 
that have tried to do this um, as well. Um, but this does it in a kind of more manufacturer friendly way that actually means that we might get them at mainstream prices. Um, and Sony have jumped the gun here as far as they've been the first one to get it out and announced and, and available um, because Samsung um, and I'm sure LG have been working on this for a while now. Yeah, and, and I think this is the, they're almost pitching this as a, um, so OLED has been out for, oh, I don't know how long, you know, a, a lot of years, and it's probably, I would say, the last sort of three, four, it's become generally affordable for, you know, that's a TV you can buy. I remember we were talking this back, it must have been eight years ago, mm. and we just saw the first pictures of OLED and how bright and thin it was, and it blew everyone away, and it also meant like a 32-inch screen was something like 10 grand or something like that. If you think where we are now, it's amazing. Yeah, and and that is something that you do see with CES or something else. So, so the gap now is between something like OLED, which is organic and it does decay over time, and you do lose a bit of brightness, and it does the the um, image retention can be a thing if you I don't know play Minecraft like every hour of the day. I'm sure it will just be a, a, a you know the image of the little bars and your health and all that. Um, but the one that people are talking about is micro LED. Um, but it is it is hugely expensive, like six figure expensive to buy a TV. I think they've I think that was last year and this year they're down at about sixty grand for a you know a fifty inch telly, which is still huge sums of money. But that technology looks to be you know in five six years time, micro LED will be the technology that will drive telly. So they I guess they're trying to find this is this the stopgap between between both of them that can. You know, give you the best of both worlds. But it, it was just interesting that Ink displays, um, not just at TVs, but actually for, um, I was going to say for PCs, but for Macs PCs are, are just at a really interesting point because, um, you know, we're seeing some of the, the OLED. OLED also, you couldn't get it driven down small enough, but there's now some gaming OLED screens starting to come out. That again, very expensive. And it's, did you go down that route or do you go down the... Almost like the kind of the, the you know the micro LED approach because some of those you can get at a smaller size and they are you know affordable but again still expensive for you know you're talking about you know two or three grand. Yeah, it's a lot of money when yeah for 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 a bit of peripheral that you can get certainly a lot lot cheaper. But I, I did think that there was an interest there that Sony managed to get this out the door because Samsung and LG are so quick nowadays at taking and developing and releasing the new technologies this is definitely sony putting one back to them saying hey we're still part of this and we're still part of the discussion because they are still regarded as um having good quality tv techs and components it's just that sometimes they're slightly behind the curve on the actual cutting edge of the technologies and that's where samsung and lg have really kind of nailed their uh flag to the to the wall yeah I mean, those two have supported all the standards far quicker than sony i mean it was it still kind of boggles me that the PlayStation 5 came out and there was no Sony TV you could buy that really worked with it, but you could pick up an LG and Samsung. NVIDIA's new G-Sync monitors are going to let you switch between 1440p and uh, 1080p, so basic 2K and an old 1080p. Um, and the reason that they're kind of doing this is to sort of placate gamers who currently games on most normal hardware struggle to run 
at uh, you know at high frame rates above 1080p um so for the everyday average gamer they don't have the equipment to really push their games fast enough as fast as they'd like for competitive scenarios so nvidia are offering um these g-sync monitors to sort of plug the gap between the two so they're going to have 360 hertz uh, refresh rates uh, and the ability to if your game can't you know, stretched to 300 frames and 360 frames a second, you can switch back into a 1080p mode so that you can get that added performance. Now, it will mean that your picture effectively shrinks into the center of the screen, but it, in effect, you've still got a 25-inch um, uh, monitor, uh, and but it won't use the full 27-inch uh, that the frame will sort of be capable of unless it's running in that 2K mode. And something, you know, when I read this, it was something I related to when I got the gaming PC, you know, 18 months ago, where I wanted an ultra-wide, but just pushing that many pixels, you, you, you're you hitting limits that you're like, oh, if I've got a smaller monitor, you know, less pixels. Um, so, it's, and again, just interesting that NVIDIA are doing their own monitors, and it's a standard that they're now going to share. So, so my monitor manufacturer is AOC, so Azus, MSI, ViewSonic are all bringing these, what they're calling esports monitors out as well. Um, so, yeah, I think monitor market, um, and not just because I might upgrade the monitor this year, but monitor market is an interesting, an interesting area. Yeah, I can't remember who released it, but there was a big vertical monitor which you could actually split into three effectively like 24 inch displays but it was a massive vertical uh, and it was quite a, a, a futuristic view really where you could you could literally stack screens but have it as this sort of it's an ultra wide but stood up effectively yeah, and yeah. slightly curved it certainly looked a, it looked very um yeah futuristic from where and, i and was you've sat got the crazy what do you say is, is it odyssey samsung odyssey they're, like, they're really massively curved like 49 inch ultra wides that look look ridiculous but i ain't gaming on them must they be look ridiculous immense. and amazing all at once yeah. right you know they look ridiculous yeah. in a geeky way yeah and, sure. and little rumors about apple monitors you know a slightly more affordable you know 30 inch 27 inch you know not six grand yeah it would be apple. good yeah so so as well as uh, monitors there nvidia continue to tease the gaming community with more and more and more cards and versions and graphics they're kind of releasing all the announcements at the same rate that they would normally release new products yet it is still impossible to get hold of regular graphics cards in any kind of meaningful quantity or area anyway they are announcing more and more models uh, so we start with the um, the RTX 3050 so this is kind of a 249, the real kind of more budget end of the graphics card market. Um, and then the RTX, yeah, so uh, the RTX 386 we already had. So the 50 comes underneath that and it's sort of, it's beating the price, but actually offering sort of nearly the kind of performance that we'd expect. So it's, they're saying it's, it's ray tracing on a budget, but or DLSS on a budget, but it doesn't quite... You know, it's one of those things that you're always going to suffer from not having the the sheer, um, you know, power to, to move these things around. Um, but they also have announced the um, the 3080 Ti and also the 3090 Ti. So they're basically, they're all of their kind of titanium models. They're massively specced interim releases. They're already releasing, even though you still can't really get rid of or get hold of the the original versions of them but that i mean again 
it's silly going into numbers and figures because these things just are, are nutty powerful. And like I say, it's just frustrating that people just can't get hold of them uh, to to actually get use them in, in everyday situations. Uh, yep, nutty powerful. And still, if you try and, you know, you need to join discords and all sorts of things to try and, you know, jump on an actual proper release or I'm just jump, just checking just now. Yep, eBay, hugely inflated prices. So you're looking at, you know, 13 to 1800 quid. Graphics card. And yeah, and the uh, the thirty ninety was already expensive even at um, the manufacturer's pricing, but actually the the released pricing of where you could actually go and buy them were expensive. So they're expecting the TI to be you know around two thousand dollar mark. So, you well, know, that's serious th- cash. Thirty ninety just now on eBay is two thousand. Yeah, and that's so, just a, that's so a founder's that- edition. So I'm expecting what another what four five hundred, if not more. Serious, and I guess it shows how important graphics cards are now in just the running of your your PC and how powerful the tech has has, has got into to doing that. Um, but yeah, um, it's just looking forward to the day the chip sort of market settles itself back down again. Which doesn't uh, feel doesn't feel like this year still. You know, it feels no. like we're going to be well into next year before we see. Uh... The fact that console massive console manufacturers, PlayStation and Microsoft, cannot get chips enough to supply demand for what they know is out there they you know they know people want to buy it they just can't so the fact that they can't do it um with their serious buying power means that yeah we're not solved for a long way yet um see well intel remember them um they're still around and they're still um releasing new products so they've got their new uh like Alder Lake is their new 12th generation, and this is hybrid technology. So they've got high power cores and they've got efficiency cores um, to allow, you know, those switching of when you need high demand and, and when you don't. Um, and they're kind of, they're saying it's it's seriously powerful, especially in a laptop scenario, as in the, the actual peak powers and stuff. They're kind of comparing themselves to the, the M1 Pro and M1 Max from uh, Apple and saying that, yeah, we can actually push push them harder um and so yeah it's it's <laughs> we it's funny to just belittle and be small intel but they have become a bit invisible recently and people have been crying out for you know brand new spec and tech um and they really they're, they're kind of still evolving rather than uh making massive changes at the moment yeah i mean the market lead and performance that they had, it's amazing to think. I think if we'd if we'd said six years ago that you know they'd been in the position that they are now, we'd probably have lost. You know, would anybody have even taken that bet? Um, you know, AMD was obviously I'd always a good competitor, but I don't think anybody realistically thought Apple was going to come along and go, "Here's our desktop, you know, and laptop chips, and here's what we can, here's what we can do." Um, but until it's, they've been really bullish, they're saying these new chips are their, their flagship one anyway. Um, can outclass the AMD Ryzen fastest and the Apple M1 Max, which is their fastest, and it's and they're saying it's a top laptop processor around. Um, laptops now, but I think are measured slightly differently than what is the fastest. You're looking for the battery life. You're looking for the you know, of a, 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 is it noiseless? You know, so you're sitting with your MacBook, you probably never heard your fan. Um, you know, and I think that's a thing that people are looking for the the all day battery life. They're looking for good design. They're looking for a chip that just runs. And Intel have went down this route, similar to you know Apple with the kind of ARM design. These efficiency cores and performance cores, and 
only using performance when they need it? Um, I, you know, Apple's and the M1, they're still not gaming devices and Intel have definitely got still a big share of that gaming market. Um, and whilst AMD have come in and, you know, ultimately their extensible product line means that they can, <laughs> whatever anything gets released, they can just add a couple more cores on with absolutely no issues. Um, so th that's quite a clever design process, modularizing their CPU effectively. Um, and yeah, and like you say, in the laptop world, we live in the place where, yeah, having long battery life and all that is important. But some people live in the place where I just want to play my game on my laptop because that's all I can have in my room. Um, and I need it to be powerful enough to do that. I don't really care how long the battery lasts. I I'm only going to be gaming for a couple of hours anyway. Um, but or or you know, you're going to yeah, I was going to say you're on power. You know, so if you're not actually using it as a laptop, you're just using it as a convenient move it around the house type device. It's... So I don't think we can completely disregard it, but equally, I, I fully, I, I'm along your lines of, you know, when you're looking at a laptop now, you're looking at how long can I use this device as a laptop and remotely, and when it when I need to be away from power, how long is it and how useful is it going to be? And Apple have got that nailed right now. And and Rosen need to factor in we're old, so so there's um, you know yeah. our needs may be slightly different to Definitely. you know that like a gaming you know laptop, um and and they also I mean to, to give into the credit as well they, they they mean the power that they they didn't go into power but these are these are beefy chips I was going to say it was at forty five watt or was it fifty watt they were quite they were quite heavy, um they were quite heavy watt, yeah. yeah they're quite heavy in their power so. They're saying coming later this year, um, similar architecture, but they would drop down to like 15 watt and 9 watt for kind of the modern thin, you know, light, I guess, like, like the kind of MacBook Air type thing where it is fanless, because um, this will not be a fanless design. Um, these will need, you know, probably pretty serious cooling, and um, but still exciting to, you know, and as you said, Intel almost in doldrums, but very bullish, um, investing lots around chip fabs as well, you know, and um, it just it just feels like we've got another fresh set of chip wars again. Yeah, and they've also say they announced twenty two new chips across their CPUs for mainstream uh, consumer desktops. So, lots of yeah, I guess tweaks and variants and versions of those chips as you come to expect. And yeah. amazing the price difference. You know, a four hundred and eighty nine dollar Core i nine down to a forty two dollar Celeron. Yeah. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, Asus came up with a, a device that you were quite taken by, as far as, as far as the CES and the kind of, hey, is this is this bonkers or is this good? Uh, yeah, so it's a 17-inch foldable OLED laptop. Um, and when you look at it, it almost looks like a big chunky briefcase from like Toronto's World in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> but then when you see the actual things it can do and how it you know, folds out, I'm just, I'm just intrigued to see what it will do because it can almost you know it can act as a tablet you can have the keyboard there um you can have it folded so it, I, i'm guessing you're going to have a touch keyboard and screen you can have a full screen i, I just like we've, we've talked about it before where samsung used to do this all the time just throw different designs out there and one of them will work and stick i still think there's something around that kind of foldable 
and you were very taken. I mean, you were close to buying the foldable Samsung you know, last year. There was there's something about those designs, but not the full size one. I would have gone the Z Fold Flip. or the Z yeah. Flip or whatever it's called, which yeah. actually meant that you could have a small device in your pocket that then was full size when you needed it to be. And what this does, I guess, is the same thing. You've got a a tablet sized device that you can actually have a pretty reasonable sized screen out of. Um, and we've talked also before how um, screen tech and display, because we carry around these superpowered computers in our pocket, we call them phones at the moment, you know, having different screens that you can cast to or display to, it, it offers massive flexibility. And, and we've seen a kind of move towards that, um, but, but equally this is another sort of step towards that. They're showing that a screen can be that versatile um, and actually, you, therefore, you you know, you could take that traveling with you and you've got quite a nice, you know, place to do everything you need to do. You can watch films on it. You can, you know, use it as a device. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, there's something interesting about it. I don't know if they've nailed on the vision um, enough yet. No, and it might be too niche. You know, it might be, you know, it's one of these things that, when these companies do release a product, it needs to be big enough that there's a market there because you know they need to invest so much in tooling to make them, and I'm I'm sure this is going to be hugely expensive. You know, this isn't going to be a cheap device. No, and 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 foldable. We you know again, Samsung proved with their early devices that it's not easy. They have kind of fixed it, but it's still it's still subject to some sort of uh, you know linear you know difference in the quality of the screen around the hinge um so you still do see some of that hinging but um and it took a while for them to get it and that's why almost it's so thick is because actually it needs the it can't be just folded it has to actually kind of go around a, a fairly tight bend um, so that's why we see that kind of relatively thick design right now uh, sony has confirmed the playstation vr2 and is that actually the name that it's going to be using i don't know I mean, they, I mean it's, they, they had a bit of branding alongside it as well. I mean, the original was just called PlayStation VR. So, so VR2 makes sense. Yeah. And a new, uh, the Horizon game. So they've also announced. Yeah, so Horizon, Horizon, whatever the new version is, comes out next month. Um, and this is kind of almost like a spin-off that will work on, on, on the VR2. Is it actually um, the main game, or is it a complete no, spin-off? It's okay. a complete so spin-off. you're going to so be in a, that world, but as a yeah, separate yeah, thing, a bit yeah, like yeah, a yeah. whatever. Is it Alexa? What's it called? The um, the Half Life, Half Life Alex, or whatever it's called. Yeah, so so very similar to that. Uh, I think the interesting thing with this was just to you know see the specs. You know, so it's um, um, you there was kind of renders, and you can see the controllers. Um, so it's uh, and also importantly, probably for PlayStation or for Sony, sorry. Um, the original PlayStation VR, there was a whole lot of cables and it was a real faff to plug it in and out. It's just one cable. So it's just like yeah. a kind of USB-C cable. Um, but they've not went fully wireless. You know, So I know everybody's, you know, not everybody, but there's this idea that for VR to work, it needs to be wireless. And they're saying, well, no, for this. Because again, I think to go fully wireless at the specs they're looking at, yeah. you need a serious bit of compute in the headset. And I guess they're going with the, focuses on certain of the screens ultimately you've bought a playstation to be your serious amount of compute and why yeah. then would you buy another device which is effectively the playstation in your head yeah and if and if you don't you'll end up you know it'll be like a four-figure you know product whereas this though i guess they're hoping to land in that kind of you know three to five six hundred because uh, you've got to imagine it's going to be in the same kind of place as the um whatever the one you the yeah i think it's got to be or else you won't you, you, won't, have, you won't have a market you know it's, yeah. you've seen it with the quest quest is popular because it's cheap 
you know, Apple are probably going to bring out their headset this year, next year, and they're already just talking two to three thousand. They're they're going for top of the range, you know, and that's a lot of money. Um, but this has got four K HDR, you know, ninety hundred twenty hertz frame rates, um, and you know, clever stuff around rendering, so it only renders what's in front of you, um, and a field of view of one hundred ten degrees. So it, you know, the specs, you know, all seem to tick. You know, the right box. The actual um when you look at the controllers they look like you know to tick the box. Um so yeah and the it, it tracks you, you know, and you know the cameras within the headset a bit like the quest. So it's doing you know you don't need the if you think back to the Vive with the sensors outside to track it. We've all moved on to that that everything's now baked into the headset. Um and also things like 3D audio and and, and all that good stuff. So be very interesting just to see what this actually performs like, and it's also because Microsoft have kind of seeded VR to Sony from a console perspective. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they've they've kind of said that's that's not the direction we want to go in yet. Yeah. Horizon Call of the Mountain will be the name of the HD. Yeah. Sorry, the uh, VR thing. Okay. Uh, and and it's Horizon Forbidden West that comes out in February, and that is probably one of the big. I think there's three big anticipated games this year in Sony. There's that, Gran Turismo, and the new God of War. Um, so there's a dearth of probably their big IPs last year. They were all get pushed into this year. So it's amazing how it switched around this time, right? This this generation so far, Sony have they came out swinging with the controller and the you know that that side of things, but but really they've been quiet since. Um, uh, yeah. So outside of CES, then so life outside of CES and and one. I guess it's slightly nostalgic and sad news is that the old vintage BlackBerry phones are going to stop working um, or have stopped working. It's, it's certainly it's happening. Yep, no, very, it's yeah, no, so it's we switched off. So we mentioned it before, but yeah, so your old little keypad phone will no longer work. The the last of the physical buttoned um, typing facilities gone, and and yeah, you can no longer use your BlackBerry uh, in the wild. Um, the newer kind of there's some there were some newer Blackberries based on more other technology i don't know if it was android or whatever but uh they they will still operate but the actual old backbone for the blackberry messenger service and all that is is gone uh, yeah it's um i wouldn't say emotional but it's uh, definitely something that if you've lived through the kind of mobile evolution and how things have changed i still go back to you know first apple and then google bringing out you know android devices and how blackberry are like no 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 business people want their you know want their you know, what the keys. We, we don't feel I under threat. I hate, with a passion, on-screen typing. I, 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 fat fingers or whatever it happens to be, I am rubbish at it, I'm slow at it, and it bugs the heck out of me. Physical buttons were always quicker for me. So what, what bugs me, so yes, I make mistakes, but what bugs me is Apple's autocorrect because they've almost, um, they've almost kind of open-sourced it to say the masses win. So if you type in like, you know, John Gruber was talking about recently. He types in twenty, or sorry, he types in two point and it would get changed to twenty. No, but and, and he's 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 doing it, and and I've seen it with some of the words I've put, and I'm putting in the word that I want, and it's all creating to something really bizarre because the kids are all doing it or something, and you're like, he's, you know, you have to go in and almost put in your and turn that off, Apple. You know, it's just like <laughs> it's a tough, it's a tough one, though, isn't it? It's the yeah, but it's yeah. just it just sucks. But yeah. Um, so it was fourth of January um, that okay, BlackBerry well switched switched these things off, and I think for a lot of people, for a lot of business folk, I remember at work, so many people were so attached to their BlackBerry for the for the very reason you've said, 
they could bash something out really quickly and they moved to a touchscreen and they felt why why did you give me something that's worse you'll see from messages i send in in whatsapp and all that that i, I just constantly press the the full stop rather than the spacebar so loads of my messages just come out with dots separation and it's so I, I i don't know it's just the way my fingers work but it's so frustrating um virgin o2 have come out and said that uh people traveling to europe will not face roaming charges so obviously one of the things one of the last things we had with the eu was the removal of roaming charges and obviously with brexit that was gonna come back in but um virgin and o2 have both said hey we're gonna keep away those mobile charge uh, roaming charges will 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 honor the same deal uh, yeah and it was i mean it was big news last year when it looked like all the mobile firms were going to start charging this so well it's virgin, a honeypot again for them isn't it uh, so. yeah and virgin o2 i've got a, a big chunk of the market so um fair play to them for saying nope um whereas other ones have come out afterwards and says nope three is still going to do it in may EA are still going to do it. I think, it's, I think they've done some grandfathering things. So if you've joined or upgraded, yeah, joined or upgraded after the 7th of July, you've got a two-day roaming charge in EU countries. Two pounds which, a day, yeah. Yeah. And, and and again, it soon adds up. You know, if you've got a family that are all taking their mobile phones out, you know, if there's like four of you, you know, you're almost... And it's still more, it's more reasonable than it was, but it equally, you know, I, I imagine... The networks that you were piggybacking on into Europe would also have the decision as to whether they they want to charge, you know, the, the other companies. So I guess it's all. Yeah, and you are are saying things like, "Oh, you can buy a thirty-day roaming pass for ten pound, and you'll save money." It's like, but if I'm going for two week holiday, that's only four pound I'm saving. It's not really. <laughs> it's it is not massive, just... and also it's ten days rather than fourteen. Yeah. It, yeah. Yes, agreed. Um, Instagram chronological feed order is back. They promised it, and apparently it's there. I've not really noticed it, <laughs> or I haven't, I haven't switched to it. It's not fully rolled out yet, but I think yeah, even okay. the fact that they've said this is coming, and and I think they know they're they're doing other work around adverts. So they're bringing in more adverts, they're bringing in more video, and I think they've just got a concern that if they don't do something, you'll really struggle to actually see you know, the people you want to see. So there's a couple of things. That's what happened to Facebook, wasn't it? You, exactly. I never ended up seeing the people I wanted to see. They they nope. showed me the people I, they thought I wanted to see, but it wasn't. Yeah. So I think I think they're obviously, and they're, I'm wondering if they're actually seeing about, you know, just people using it less, you know, just because it is so, and because it's gone from, it's it's gone from being like a, I'm viewing a, a, a photo to just being all video. You know, it's just, it's really quite it a noisy platform. Focused, yeah. 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 Um, so the kind of two things that are coming are you can see the chronological thing but you can actually do a favourites as well so again it's almost they've kind of resisted doing this with lists they've all because it's all I think what they're worried about is you'll just go and see the 10 people you want to see and then switch it off they're wanting to I must feed you these adverts because that's how I'm making money ultimately that is how they make money um, I think they are they are seeing that kind of psychological thing whereby they're they're um their algorithms put content that you interact with more readily in front of you uh, or people do in general but the problem is that's quite often more divisive content and therefore is more stressful content and the reason you're interacting with it is because you dislike it or you want to respond to it or whatever so it's it's one of those things where sometimes those algorithms actually have this wider contextual issues for people's mental health that that they're now having to start thinking about and maybe a linear thing that doesn't wait um 
the the you know doesn't weight the order based on what they think you're going to interact with is actually a, a sensible place to go and, and to be fair i mean i've been i've been you know dinging the ads some of the ads actually are you know they're, they're okay you know they're quite tailored quite focused they make sense um but it's just too noisy yep apple is going to allow uh third-party app payments in south korea so we talked about this a short while ago that their laws specifically uh, said that they they needed to do this and it sounds like they're going to comply uh, they are going to comply exactly the same way google complied they'll still take the cut um so you'll end up probably paying slightly more because they're just they've just shifted where the cut comes from um they'll probably go down the same route as google did and they'll have an api so they can track all the spends and it's just going to make it really messy because you how do you do refunds? How do you do all the other things that you still need to do, which is made very easily if you just use Google or Apple's payment system. And if you have to go through a third party that's saying, how do I refund and how do I claim back my fee from, or am I claiming back a fee from Apple or Google? So it's, I don't know. It's one of those where it, it, it reminds me of the, I'm trying to remember the name of the broadcaster when, when it was at Europe or UK said that Sky couldn't have all the football. And it forced you into. It's a bit like how we've got BT at the moment showing football. But you had to, you know, as a as a as a home user, was it Satanta? You had to be. You had to buy Satanta, and you had to buy this. You had to buy this. So it ended up Sky didn't reduce their costs, and all of a sudden. No, that's right. You just had to end up paying double. Yeah. Yeah, you had a new subscription service. So if you wanted to see your team, you were like, oh, I'm having to pay now more. I've not. It's not more choice. It's just more money. Yeah, as ever, it's the normal um, situation where you. Yeah, it's. You've got to break a monopoly by offering the same product in different places. That's yeah. that's how you break. If you're buying a carrot down this and there's one that's ten pounds, the next to one that's you know fiver. I don't. Well, where are you buying carrots for once? Probably London. But nevertheless, you buy the fiver, <laughs> don't you? Um, because because it's immediately a, there. The same product. I was going to say I know you're in a health kick, but um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to spend five pound carrot for the health exactly. benefits. Well, inflation, but inflation's big, don't right? um, <laughs> it? But they, not be long, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think was, and there was another story as well about they've, they've been told to allow this is Apple again they've been told that they must allow a separate payment platform for dating apps in the Netherlands so they're forced them to have a different app ID and it's just all really it's all making it harder but I think this will be the year where we will see you know, via Europe and America we'll see legislation coming in that really forces their, their hand Yeah, I think that might then say reduce some of that percentage but equally the ease of use for developers and all that of the 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 fully encapsulated platform probably will be the one that they still go with but hopefully we'll see some direction towards actually they need to be optimal in their costs Uh, and on to the next story that takes into about efficiency of cost and processing uh, in a digital world uh, in a an announcement that was highly predictable after the initial press release was done by amazon at the end of last year saying they were going to get rid of Visa credit cards um, and uh, they offered plenty of people money to switch to MasterCard or put another payment type on their their account and they were going to give you credits and all that. But um, post-Christmas, um, they have they are now in talks again. So Amazon and Visa. So basically Amazon was saying, in a digital world, processing costs of trans- payment transactions should be reduced 
the efficiency should be going up and whatever. Visa sort of said, nope, um, we've got higher levels of security and we've got to do far more protection around, you know, fraud and online abuse. Um, so we've been rolling out technologies and that's why it's still costing whatever it costs per transaction. Amazon were happy with the response and so said, right, we're just going to pull you from the store. And then it was an interesting to see who's bigger. Is Amazon bigger or is Visa bigger? And we still don't really have a resolution on that because they've both gone back to the talks. So they're both the, they both need each other. Yeah. And that'll be the that'll bank this is the bit that would be most interesting. Who blinked? Who's who's decided, right? We need we need We'll to never know. know. Does Amazon make... Visa yeah, does Amazon yeah. need Visa more than we think or a Visa turn around and going, Good God, if we lose, you know, an Amazon your customer base that's too big the, to lose. the fact that amazon did not threaten to do this before christmas shows that they exactly. certainly need visa yeah because yeah. because that but, but is it any different to you know unions going on strike before christmas you know because they you know so like the postal rail etc because they know this is a time where people are relying on services it's a time to drive home and we saw it with with cop in glasgow no, there was, you know, street cleaners and straight, rail and straight, because it, everybody was relying on that infrastructure and this was the time to drive home a you really need us, this is the time to get our demands in. And again, Amazon could have done this any time really. But the right time to do it was not just before Christmas. So I I I, 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 I who who do you think has blinked? I think uh, Amazon did the typical positioning of we are putting in place everything we need to put in place to actually follow through with our actions. Uh, and I think that was enough to bring Visa back to the table. So I think that's, and that's where my head's at. Happens. I, think, I think Visa are probably back renegotiating their very small transaction fees to make it slightly smaller. And that's what that's where this will end up. So there's a whole yep. lot of hot air. Um, <laughs> hot air and testosterone, probably. Um Google, uh, G Suite, if you're on a G Suite legacy free edition, who would be on one of those? Uh, then in by the 1st of July, if you're not on the new upgraded workplace Google paid for uh, editions, then your services will be reduced or removed. Um, so, yeah, so I say who would be on it, but both you and I are old enough in this tech world to have signed up for that full-on application g suite and we've had it good for probably the last 15 years or so <laughs> with free services and all that kind of jazz in in quite a, a generous position um google did threaten to sort of do it a decade or move to this new platform a, a decade ago so really we can't be too bemoanful but nevertheless um it does go from being a free service to if you're you know just if you're a single user or well, it's eight eight quid between five and ten quid basically a, a month per user to upgrade and to maintain services exactly as they were uh, yeah so for things like this podcast um for the other accounts that i have you know which i would just need you know it's something where the, the, i'm not i'm not surprised i've really done it because of you know you, you saw them squeezing google photos after years of saying give us all your photos they were like right now that we've got those photos you're gonna have to start paying um so not a surprise. I guess the biggest annoyance was announcing it in January. They've got until May, you know, to, to kind of sort it out. We won't start billing you for the first sort of two or three months, but it is really forcing your hand on something that if you've got hundred, you know, so if, if your email account has got hundreds, you know, using hundreds of places, it's a fair chunk of work to start migrating all that. Um, yeah, and and it put it, it brings it all to the fore, doesn't it? Because it's it's kind of 
annoying finickety stuff and you don't want your emails to go down and all that kind of stuff so yep. you've got to carefully do all this migration work and uh, and i guess they're hoping that that is just too much of a pain to migrate away and therefore just you just pay the the additional fees but like you say if you've got a number of different accounts um with all with that sort of same facility then it could end up costing you 30 quid a month couldn't it uh, easy and, and and then you're like you know i've gone from nothing to handing over to google almost 400 quid a year yeah and yeah. you're like that's that's quite a lot of money so for me i think it'll be quite a bit of consolidation and um, yeah. you know and just and, and also potentially migrating off them you know just and you got yeah you got to dig into the detail because they are very quick to tell you that nothing will change but ultimately these services all come with different stuff like whether you can have um you know uh what do they call alias sort of uh emails and the uh, yeah. alias the, the yep. other they're the kind of details you need to know because then that will mean you can consolidate say into one account uh and it's maybe an easier process to do yeah so yeah a bit of a bit of investigatory work to do and um we'll probably end up having to you know, spend a little bit of money. Chances are we'll leave that to the middle of April and then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pressure of time always puts on, it makes decisions easier, doesn't it? Um, Microsoft, in a massive bit of news, Microsoft, um, I don't know if it's an intention to buy or whether they have signed to say that it's the, they're going to do it, but they've spent $68.7 billion buying Activision Blizzard. Activision Blizzard, um, publisher of World of Warcraft, of um, uh, Call of Duty Duty franchise, you know, massive, massive games here. Um, I can't remember how many developers around the world they've got, but it's 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 lots, and it's there. So it's another massive thing. And Microsoft have bought them with the intention of bringing them inside the Microsoft uh, gaming sort of arena. So yeah, as you say, a huge, huge purchase, Um, and and it's. It's funny you go back to so Phil Spencer in December uh, had a I think it was, it was December maybe November maybe November so when it was so Activision Blizzard if you're not if you're not aware um, as you say huge publisher but the last sort of year eighteen months real toxic stories have come out around gender discrimination you know and and really clear and obvious gender discrimination not not just subtle undercurrents there's multiple lawsuits you know it's a real messy situation there's been people saying let's boycott warcraft let's boycott boycott some of these games they've even taken away and to show you how bad it was they were taking away you know call of duty they were starting to take away the kind of activision name from it because they were worried that it was going to impact sales so they were starting to say i don't know if last year's ones was was it treyarch because they've got it's kind of they've got three main teams that do call of duty and they swap around who's doing it for each year um and and phil spencer put a tweet up saying we're re-evaluating our our position with Activision, and Sony followed up the next day saying, "Yeah, we're doing the same. Nintendo did the same, and 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 clearly they were re- reevaluating, and um, because they've bought this company on the cheap, and um, the share price has dived in the last, you know, eight nine months. You say the cheap, but it's still a heck of a lot of money, isn't it? But at one point it was worth, I think it was over ninety billion. Wow. So so it you know it, it's it's really dropped. You know, it's really dropped down to I think I think it's down at about half price." Because I've obviously had to do a share price plus, plus a bit on top, mm. um, and as you say, huge deal. So Microsoft, you know, last year bought who was it they bought last year? Oh, I wish I'd known that before I said it. But they bought <laughs> so they bought all the kind of you know Diablo, Doom, Bethesda, Bethesda, which was a huge deal. You know that Massive, was you know, yeah. you know Fallout. You know the number of titles that that brought into 
um, the kind of Xbox Game Studios and, and Game Pass. But this this is like a step above it, you know, Call of Duty. So straight away people were like, holy heck, Call of Duty, does that become a Game Pass only game? Overwatch. Um, you know, Overwatch, Warcraft, you know, do, do these all become, you know, Xbox Game Pass exclusives rather than, you know, available on every platform like hey, just now? Hey, World of Warcraft people who still buy subscriptions, uh, instead of buying a subscription, just have your Xbox Game Pass PC. So Sorry, it's, it's not Xbox Game Pass. It's Game Pass PC, and then, yeah, yeah. then you're done. And I and I know somebody who still loves Warcraft. It's still their main game. Still happy to pay their eight nine quid a month, you know, because that's the that's the total invested in it. But maybe it'll be a fifteen quid, you know, Game Pass subscription that you're you're paying. I think there is a cheaper PC, and it's say whatever it happens to be. But I think it'll be an equivalent price, and you get your Warcraft as well as all these other things. So what you won't get too many people moaning about that. I don't think. Um, so since since this has come out, a few other things have, have, have you know have been have been interesting. So Game Pass, um, eighteen million subscribers at the start of twenty one, it's now twenty five million. You know, so still seeing tremendous growth, which is no big surprise with you know Bethesda being bought, and also I think just just the way that actually I think Microsoft have been really cute in how they've executed all this. They've not yes, there are some games that are going to lock down and say they're Xbox exclusives, but they've already come out and says, of course we're on there. You know the Sony deals that were already in place around Call of Duty and the other games were not were not trying to you know kill Sony around this. I still think where their view is, and that's and that's you know maybe I said right up front. That's why I think the the Samsung not having Xbox as a as a streaming platform is interesting because it feels like Microsoft have have just went down the route of we just want subscribers and whether you're playing PC, whether you're playing our consoles, don't really care. We want that subscription money. And we've seen Apple chasing it. You know, Microsoft, you know, they flipped Office to subscription. And I think we've seen that with gaming. Nearly as well. everything's gone subscription now, even yeah. even just your regular everyday. But it's it's definitely software as a service now everywhere, even for the sort of traditional desktop apps and stuff like that. You you often yeah, pay for your monthly to keep it active. Yeah. And 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 you know, again, it gets a bit more insight. Phil, Phil Spencer did a great interview with the Washington Post. And there's just a couple of little things came out because the guy is now CEO of Microsoft Gaming. And he came in when the last chap in charge really dropped the ball around the Xbox One platform, which was going to be this new media thing, and you know, almost gaming was was secondary. And he came in, um, got a lot of abuse, but has turned it round. I think it has also turned around the fact that Microsoft's big thing was, yeah, your hardware is actually the best out there, but you've no games, you've no exclusive games. Whereas the PlayStation platform had all the multi-platform games and also had the best exclusives. That's now flipped. You know, that is really... Yeah. Uh, everything, like we said earlier, everything seems yep. to have swept this generation, yeah. Um, but the interview, it was just a couple of little things that came out. One was, like, he says, when I dug into what Activision and Blizzard own as IP, and he rhymed off all these old games, including Hexen. And I remember playing Hexen back in the day. And he's you like, loved but, it. But he says, that's just ripe for, you know, why is there not a Hexen game for the modern consoles? And any and and I think one of the questions was all around like you know the VR and metaverse and why aren't you there? And he was like, "What what you know metaverse is here now? Are you telling me people playing Fortnite aren't in a metaverse?" Or he says people playing you know Warcraft isn't its own metaverse. And then he says he says I meet regularly with the guys behind Elder is it Elder King Elder Throne Elder whatever can't remember what it is. But he says Elden Ring. Yeah, it might have been over. He says instead of getting on teams, he says I join them in game, and that's where we have our that's where we have our, our kind of one to one session once every quarter or whatever. 
He says, so the game developers and me meet in the game. And I was wow. like, what a guy. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. Um, so, but but here, the other bit, I maybe we should say, I don't, I don't really like it. I don't like this kind of consolidation because it feels like we are going to, I don't know, it feels like you are going to have these big entrenched platforms, but this is the problem when, because Sony have been doing this, so Sony have went and bought studios and people slagged off Microsoft for not having exclusives. And it's like, yeah, because Sony have bought up a number of things in the market, so Microsoft have got loads of money and they are away buying lots of studios now. It's never generally a good idea for these this consolidation at, um, you know, at one level at least. Um, and the, what, a bit like when Microsoft bought Rare, right? They actually bought a company that was past its prime anyway and what did we get? We got a couple of games out of it, and Rare doesn't really doesn't figure or re- resound, or re- it's nowhere. I'm sure the talent's gone elsewhere, but equally, I think the talent had gone elsewhere before they bought it. And it's, will the same thing happen here? They're buying all these studios and these things, but partly what makes a studio is how it operates and how it delivers games, you know, and and, and all those things. But Microsoft provably in this case want to come in and change the way it operates and delivers games because it has to it can't carry on the way it has done because it's uh breaching all sorts of human rights i imagine um that, so these are massive te- te- tech but when they do they lose something of what they were because they're now part of this bigger conglomerate or are microsoft being clever about this and really just saying we're going to be your purse uh, you are going to operate exactly as you have done to 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 now, um, but but equally, it's like I say they can't do that in this case because probably they need to change something because it's gone a bit rotten. Uh, yeah, and and they have said that they're going to do lots to address that toxic culture. And and again, the probably most controversial thing. So Bobby Kotick, who was the guy that ran Activision Blizzard, is going to resign, but he's resigning with a massive payoff, you know, which lots of people are upset of. It's like he's 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 one out of this. Um, and it, I mean, it probably just a, kind of shows the type of person he is as well, doesn't it? Yeah, and he sounds a horror because seemingly they were looking to buy a gaming publication over the last six months so they could change the narrative, not change the culture, but let's change the press yeah, that's, that's talking that, about that, us. That's, it sounds old. It sounds old school yeah. 80s CEO, you yeah. know, absolutely rancid and stuff. Yeah. So it doesn't sound good. Like, yeah, get rid of me, but you're going to have to pay me a heck of a lot of money to do it. So yeah, it's not. So it'll be so interesting to see where this goes, you know, because because Sony paid more for Call of Duty maps ahead of Xbox. That that I'm guessing they've got contracts for a number of years still, and they'll, they'll honour that. Um, but there's nothing for them to say, right? We're going to do new types of maps or new types of content, and it'll be exclusive for. It just know. means they're a bit reliant on other companies into what comes onto their console, and that does that's not a comfortable place to be, as as Xbox found out last generation. Yeah. Um. You know, and, uh, Ubisoft. But- Okay. Well, I was just going to say, Sony's share price dropped twenty billion the next day. Yeah. You know, so people were saying Sony won't be impacted. Their share price was. Yeah, immediately it's uh, and obviously twenty billion is a, a fairly substantial purchase, isn't it, or something? Uh, Ubisoft are bringing their subscription service to Xbox, although it's not clear exactly how that will sort of manifest itself. Whether that will be within the Games Pass service, they're saying no, it's going to be separate and independent from that. But nevertheless, Ubisoft Games they are saying there some some game is coming to Xbox it's come. Game so, Pass. So so Rainbow Six Extraction came out this week, okay. um, and it's actually got fairly glowing reviews. Um, but yeah, you're right. So the Ubisoft Plus subscription will will cost fifteen dollars a month, and um, seemingly not part of Game Pass. So and I guess this is what what it feels like we're going to see the games. Uh, you, you said it earlier, everything's gone subscription, so it's a bit like telly. So when Netflix came out and 
you know, Amazon Prime came out, you were like, ah, this is a way of breaking up Sky. But reality is, we're just paying more. Yes. Um, there's more content, and we're paying more if you want to see it all. And I think this is where we're going to end up with gaming as well, where you're, you'll have, like, your Game Pass, but then the independents that are left, you know, unless Microsoft do a deal, which I can't see, because I've obviously done a deal with EA, because we get EA and Play kind of thrown into Game Pass as well. Can't see, you know, it feels like Ubisoft are saying, because EA Play was always, was that a tenor one? Until it gets sucked in. I think there were pass. different versions of it, but there was a fiver for something, and then you could pay a bit more for a really higher cheap. rated. Yeah. Oh no, it was really cheap actually. It was only twenty five or thirty quid a year because I did it. Because it was so, a so cheap you could, that, and that was for their back catalogue. If you wanted to play their yeah. latest games, then you had to pay a higher subscription. But but you basically then got like FIFA nine ten months after release. That's and right. For me, FIFA didn't change enough to go and you know justify it. Was like actually this is a pretty good way of doing it. So there you go. So that is CES and beyond since we last spoke to you. So yeah, it's been um, it's been intriguing. There's certainly started off 2022 is interesting with certainly these gaming announcements and and the tech that coming in around TVs. The TVs are moving on. They're now they're forgetting about their 3D ambitions. Um, they're they're really moving in a direction that's quite exciting for gaming and for actual just visual fidelity and and the yeah. size of the some of the new. I think they're releasing. 80 or 90 inch um screens for your home uh that's the kind of lg's next one and they didn't even have one ready for a, a ces but nevertheless the footprint of it and the sort of size of it is absolutely bonkers it's something that but, uh, as well as we hadn't covered on in our, our bit that the short throw projections and projectors there there are a thing and they are now able to produce the refresh and fidelity that you need for something like gaming so again for some scenarios projector screens are offering you you know a hundred inch visual is is pretty exciting and i think i think the bit i'm not saying you're wrong but the bit will be interesting for me will be you know meta's new high-end you know wireless headset which will probably, I don't know, probably, I think, well, let's just say it's a thousand quid because Quest is 300. But does that allow you to get to a visual fidelity that you say, I don't need a screen? I'll put a headset on, it'll last me the, you know, a movie for three hours and it'll feel like I'm in a cinema. Because like, we're 10 years away from that. I don't know for 10 years. That's, that's where I, 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 there's, it feels like there's something about to flip where, and, and it might, I don't know if it's this year, next year. You know, and you know, Apple talked about a two, three thousand dollar headset. Is that got a fidelity where you would say, actually, I don't need the big? It made so the benefit of the screen is comfort because putting a headset on for three hours is is still crap. Yeah. You know, there's no getting away from it. Wearing a headset, I even I've got a Quest wearing it now for half an hour, I, I get uncomfortable. No, I mean, maybe that's just the, the way I'm there feeling. There are questions now, but... to be asked around yeah. isolation as well and being uh, yeah. isolated from all the people around you to then have them reappear in this virtual world. It's There's something morally and questionable. I don't think we've there had is. those. We haven't had those debates in the public yet. No, but there's just a, I think there's a, there's a, I'm not seeing inflection points this year, next year. Um, you might be right. It might still be 10 years because we've been chasing a VR dream for probably 30 years and it's, it's still not here. The, the fact that we've got here there. is still pretty amazing. The fair yeah. where we have got to is still pretty yeah. incredible. But yeah, TVs and screens, I didn't think I didn't think at the start of last year, but at the start of this year going, oh, that's the most exciting tech kicking around at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I mean, the people that have, say the sort of initial feedback from people looking at these screens is, wow, they you know they are really nailing this now. This is... This is even though it was, you know, we ad screens what are now a couple of years old. Even though they were nailing them where we got them, they they have moved on another several layers, and that's pretty exciting. And they really made the new console sing. 
I mean, it's like just I still, you know, even plugging in the old Xbox and seeing just the yeah. difference was huge. Absolutely. Yeah, and t- until I plugged in that OLED, I didn't know what I was missing, and I just absolutely love it. The actual control and fidelity of it is yeah. brilliant. Because I remember, I, I remember, I think it was even Sea of Thieves it might have been. Because we, we got into Sea of Thieves during lockdown. And I remember that's when I, because my telly dropped, got that telly. And I was just like, Ooh, I was just I was giddy that night. And I think you had the same experience when it was, I don't yeah. know what game it was, but I just remember you were like, look at this. Yeah, it is. It's amazing. Bonkers and, and, and exciting all, all at once. So there you go. Thank you very much for getting to the end of our podcast. Um, uh, we will be back in probably a couple of weeks is our kind of normal schedule so look out for more in your inbox a couple of weeks from now digitaloutbox.com is our website info at digitaloutbox.com if you want to talk to us and we're on twitter as well as digitaloutbox and i'm on twitter independently as cheesy uk although pretty much all i put up there is occasional wordle scores um ian where do we find you iandick.com until i decide that the, all the gmail stuff in about it i need to i need to change it again <laughs> For now, iandick.com. Very good. All right. Thanks, everybody. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye. We didn't even mention Wardle. It's, it, other than that little Give mention the right at the end. Give me yeah. the year. Did you um? Did you Google Wordle? Uh, no, I didn't. So I just just go to Google and do Wordle. Yeah, just type in type in Wordle. Um. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That. 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 Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Say no more. So there you go, listeners. If you have got that far, that's your, <laughs> that that's your, that's that's today's like Easter.